Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joe Shellerud, and today I am joined by Kyle Kirkwood. Kyle, it's awesome having you on the podcast, man. Joe, I'm glad we finally made it happen. It seemed like there was maybe a slight disaster before we got on. I, <laughs> I didn't have it scheduled appropriately, but... I'm really glad we're making this happen, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I've been looking forward to this. So so Kyle and I, we were on a panel at the Sell and Scale conference together. Um, and that was that was late last year, and finally we're making it happen. So <laughs> excited to have you on. That was a fun panel. That was uh I feel like we we delivered so much more than there was audience in the crowd. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like we had this really fun conversation to like 40, 50 people, but uh, it was still, it was a good time. But those 40 yeah. or 50 people, they got a lot of value. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Their, their lives have been changed, I'm sure. <laughs> so for people who don't know you or aren't familiar with you, kind of give us a quick background. How do you get into the Amazon space? Yeah. So I got into this in 2014. Um, I had just left the Marine Corps and I was desperate to find a job. <laughs> and my, my, uh, my parents were actually selling things on Amazon for, they were a rep group and they were, they were setting up people's catalogs on Amazon. My parents didn't know how to work a spreadsheet, didn't know how to work online stuff. They were like, Hey, why don't you just do this for us? Be like a data entry guy for a couple months until you figure out what you're going to do. And I just basically, my first job was uploading new item setup sheets for vendors in Amazon. And it wasn't long before I would upload these new item setups. This was pre-ads, basically. Sure. And I would upload this catalog, and this is shocking, but like within a month, no, no, no fancy detail page, no A plus, one image, maybe. Sure. And these vendors would start doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, and we were getting ten percent of revenue. That's awesome. So the money and the excitement to me just like was immediate. I mean, how many things in your life like have that immediate impact? And so I just became obsessed with that concept of, of making money online and, and how well this can all go. And that, that was a whole long journey. I did that for a couple of years. Then I went to another rep group and basically just all on the brand side and eventually, you know, getting the catalog all set up and working with the buyers at Amazon Walmart, Costco, all these different retailers. And then ads, ads showed up 2015, 2016, something like that in a big way, self-serve. And they asked me to cover that too. And it was just, it was just like that initial new item setup thing where it was like, okay, now there's more people on Amazon or on Costco on these platforms. Um, how can I get these brands that I work with to show up more? Sure. And the ads was the most obvious thing. And just like new item setup sheets, I became obsessed with uh, bulk sheets, bulk files, and just started managing at scale. Not say I wouldn't say I was managing well. Like I didn't understand so many people who come into the space today. They're just gifted on a on a silver platter the best practices. Um, sure. I really torched some accounts there early on, <laughs> and I feel bad. But we were all learning, and uh, yeah, I would say that's my background. I, I jumped to an agency eventually, Better AMS. I know that you're friends with Destiny. Yep. Um, they, they coached me up and kind of polished me into a better advertiser, not just the brand side of things. Uh, and now I work at a company called PackView, which is a software company. We help brands, preferably kind of enterprise brands and agencies who, you know, they need technology that can help them 
review their accounts, whether it's more on the retail side or on the ad side. Uh, and I train people how to use our software and I teach them strategy as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love the background. I always love hearing how people got into the space too. Uh, you know, we kind of started around the same time when I was d- doing my seller account and building up my brand. It was kind of the same transition where it's like, all right, how do I do this more efficient, efficiently? Um, started running ads for myself. Then it's like, okay, I'm going to use these bulk sheets and bulk files to be able to make <laughs> these changes at scale. Um, and like you're saying too, well, they didn't work yeah yeah exactly at the, at the very beginning too there was not a solid playbook on what to do and so a lot of it was testing and figuring out what's going to work well and from those tests now we kind of have these standard funnel systems and how you approach bidding and all that stuff but in the early days it really wasn't as established which was it was fun but yeah mm. knowing what i know now it's like oh man <laughs> there's a lot of things i would have changed in those early days too Okay, so I'll tell you one funny story, just kind of thinking about, I'm sure some people are doing this today in some completely different capacity, but this is going to sound really dumb on my part. So (laughs) I used to obsess over the copywriting of the bullet points in the title. I mean, I used to be given, I had five or six vendors and they would give me their entire physical catalog, a book, they would mail it to me. And I would have to convert that into a spreadsheet that would go into an NIS file, right? And I would obsess over titles and bullets and descriptions and I would write all, I mean, the amount of time I spent writing custom bullets, titles, descriptions before. And what's funny about it is like, I was so focused on that. I was like, oh, well, once I get this live and people read this, it's going to sell. Sure. And then it took me, it probably took me a year before I found a report that showed me uh, sessions or traffic on, on, on the vendor side, they called it glance views. Yeah. And it, it took, it took me at least a year of writing to realize that it doesn't matter how good I write it. If they don't see it, I'll never get a sale. Sure. And that kind of sparked that, that kind of sparked me to go look into ads deeper and, and look into traffic drivers and things like that. And that's what kind of got me obsessed with, with the ad side of things. And, I always tell people who are kind of fresh in the industry, like find that thing that you're doing that is kind of missing, missing the boat, missing the point of what you should be trying to do. You know, I spent all this time on, on writing and that does matter, but that's more of like a polishing thing. What you need to figure out is like getting that, getting those basic retail readiness things done and then just seeing if that product's going to sell. Right. So (laughs) anyway, that was a tough, tough lesson for me. I love that. I love that. And so now with the new role, you're putting together a different like training system and like, you know, and we know there's, there's a general skills gap overall in ad management. I mean, this channel is really growing and I'm sure somebody listening, some people listening to the podcast are working on building up their skills so they can kind of fulfill this market too. But uh, walk me through your kind of training program and how you're putting that together and how you're approaching it. Yeah. So PacView approached me when I was at Better AMS and they asked me to come kind of lead their training program. And I don't know anything about training. I've never really trained anybody in a meaningful way. Um, I guess I did some training in the Marine Corps. I trained people and maybe a few people at Better AMS, but um, that is not my skill set by any means. Um, I barely passed school, so not <laughs> not what I thought I would be doing. But I will say this: I'm I love I love this space. I love e-commerce. I love the ad side of things. And when I was at Better AMS, I would ask Destiny. I was like, "Do you think we should write a book?" or something like that. 
And, you know, her being a little bit younger than me, she's like, no one's going to read a book. And sure. I was like, yeah, she's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was funny because PacView came along and they were like, hey, we want you to try to, you know, teach our users everything you know. And I was like, okay, this can be my form of the book. And what I've learned is that training is hard. Teaching people skills is hard. I mean, to do so in a meaningful way. Sure. It's one thing to present them information. Um, presenting information is not teaching or training. It's, 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 there's so much more that needs to happen there. And for the last like two years, that's basically what I've been working on is how do we get these young people or, or experienced people, the skills that they really need in this space. And as you can imagine, it's like a huge block of ice that we've just been chipping away at. And it's, it's finally taking form in a way that's effective for people. Sure. And I guess you, you kind of pointed to it and, and I'll just share like a little information that we, we discovered, um, about that skills gap in the space. So we had this theory that, you know, retail media or, uh, e-commerce retail media, it just exploded with the, the pandemic. Right. Yep. And we saw all this growth. I, I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but like it jumped roughly from 550 or what was it like 550 billion or something. Um, and it's working its way up towards a trillion dollars sure. in value for the, for the country. And we were like, I wonder if part of the reason is that there's no new people joining the e-commerce space. It's all just the same old people. It's you and I, sure. it's destiny. It's like all the same. There's no new people. So we went into Bureau of Labor Statistics and Census data and tried to see how many people have joined e-commerce in that time. And it's funny, if I showed you the graph, the, the number of the revenue and number of employees, are, they are exactly in line with each other. Okay. So we were wrong. Yeah. Our, our, our expectation was wrong. But what we did learn is that 60% or like 55 or 60% of people in e-commerce have less than three years of experience. Sure. They are brand new and they've jumped in in a time of complete chaos, right? There's so many new things, new budgets, new... Like it's hard to know where to focus these days. Sure. So our goal was, okay, we, we see that out in the space. Is it the same within PackView? Within, we have a, a decent sized user base, so we pulled all of our users and the numbers were basically the same. Like 50% of our users have been in the industry less than three years. 35% of them are in their first year. Sure. So that insider information that we had was like, there is just this huge lack of information in the industry. And this retail media space, you know, that, that I know that's kind of a, a, a phrase that I, not everybody loves, but it's just going to keep growing. Um, it's just going to, it's just going to keep going and going. We need to teach people because brands need it. Agencies need it. Technology needs it. And so what we've been trying to figure out is by, by uncovering that information is like, how do we get these people the skills that they need to actually be effective in the space? And it's one thing to train someone to be a button pusher. Sure. It's a completely different thing to teach somebody how and why things are happening. Um, that's something that you do really well on your LinkedIn. I've always admired that about your content. Oh, it's you. like you kind of, you don't just talk about your results. You talk about the theory behind it and why it's happening and why it works that way. And that's the hard thing to do and to bottle up for people. And that's what we've been working on. So I'll pause there and we can go a little bit deeper into like what those pillars are if you want. Yeah, no, I love it. And, and it's the same thing that we go through too. So at, at Advance, like we, we have a local office in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, Duluth, Minnesota, for those who don't know, it's on the tip of Lake Superior. It's a smaller area, probably a population of like 150,000 people. And so 
when we're hiring locally, there's many people who don't have the Amazon background. Um, and so for us to fulfill that, to fill that skills gap, um, we have our own training program too. And so mm. what that allows us to do is to really hire for culture and hiring the right people, hiring the people who have that drive, who can pick up these skills. And for us, we feel like it's much harder to change somebody's personality than to teach them specific skills. And so, you know, we're kind of in the same boat where we have our own internal training program. It's kind of a requirement for us to, you know, it's one of the reasons why we like the in-office culture too. feel like it's a lot easier to train there. Um, But what I'm really interested to hear is as you're approaching it, like what's some key items or key pillars that you feel like really set people apart that are coming into it or where you see the biggest gaps when you're approaching training? Like, you know, what's some key takeaways that those listening can really like focus on like key areas that you love to hit in the the training itself? Yeah, of course. It's so a big thing that we do with training and you have a benefit where your audience, you know who exactly they are. They are your employees and they are going to, they're going to fill very specific roles for us. Every agency is different. Every brand is different. Sure. They might wear a lot of different. If you're in e-commerce, you know how many hats you wear. And you're probably complaining about it on the weekend, <laughs> how many different <laughs> things you do, right? So it's hard for us to know, is this skill set really, or this stack of skills, really the thing that they need? And so I'll start with this. The thing that we learned was instead of building giant meaty courses, which is what I started doing, mm-hmm. if you've taken them, if you have experience with them, I apologize. I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. Um, we're getting better, I promise. And what we learned is giving people a short skill set or like a small, um, like a, not a not an overly long um, training to teach a specific skill is so much better than saying, Here's a dozen skills we're going to teach you all at once. Like that's just not going to work. And if you work at an agency, how much time do you have for training? Like most of the agencies I talk to, these people don't have time. They're worn out. And training is mostly taken by people who are just above and beyond hand raisers, right? The others are being forced to take it and they're not all in. So you better make it fun. You better make it engaging. So that's that's kind of like the foundation number one, uh, knowing your audience. And that's for us. You think about a packed view user base, you've got enterprise users, and then you've got SMBs, okay? And then within that, you have the different types of people within that organization. You've got leadership, you've got strategists, oh. and you've got activators, uh, individual contributors, whether they're account managers or they are uh, someone who does a very spe- a PPC specialist or a brand specialist, something like that. And then within there, you've got search, you've got DSP, you've got the retail side, right? So like getting super narrow with who you're going to talk to. Okay. Now that makes this a massive training curriculum to have to deal with. So what's the most important thing? And that all comes back to kind of the pillars that you've been asking. And the way that we broke it out is you have planning, activation, reporting, and analysis. I would also throw relationship management in there, but that's not going to be our priority. That is, we kind of put that on the brand or the agency, you know, that's your own little sweet spot to figure out is how you work with your, how you communicate. Maybe we can do a micro learning or something on that, but the big picture is really planning, activation, reporting, and analysis. And the way that I like to 
break it down a little bit further is underneath planning, you have to know how to sit down with a brand and talk about goals. You then have to be able to talk about their budget and how to allocate that budget. Sure. You must be able to audit, look at their account, deep dive their account, uh, look at competitors and make an analysis of the situation based on the goals and the budget that you have. From there, you have to be able to build a strategy and build a playbook, right? So we call that the planning phase. Sure. And for that phase, and and it sounds simple, like, yeah, you should have a plan. But it's a key piece that I see a lot of people missing. Maybe they jump too far ahead. So what what we see happen quite a bit is uh, as we take on a new account, we'll come in and we'll say, okay, so what's what's the key goals? And it goes directly to a budget or an ACOS target or something mm-hmm. very specific. And what we like to do is take a step back and say, okay, for the business as a whole, what are our key goals for this year? So is it trying to grow a top line? Is it trying to establish these products that aren't your hero products, but we want to really expand the market there? Um, is it really a focus on now we've got all these products established and we want to focus on profitability? All these pieces will lead to different KPIs down the road that really matter. But I love that for the planning stage. It, first, you have to stop and think tie it to the overall business as a whole. And then let that cascade to things like advertising KPIs. It, you know, it seems simple, yes. but I see a lot of people miss that. So I just wanted to emphasize that. I think it's great. No, I agree. Well, and also, um, I was going to invite you to join us if you're interested. And we're, we're looking for partners that are, you know, interested in training and have a knack for it. Sure. And on, I figured on the podcast, I would ask you if you wanted to come and take part. It would be a, a light lift on, on your end. Yeah. I wouldn't ask a lot of you. I love um, it. But I'll show you, you know, well, in another time, I'll kind of break it down for you and show you, you know, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have Destiny. We'd love to have some enterprise folks from brands. For like, sure. Just kind of, we don't want it all to be packed for you spewing our knowledge. It's like, we know what we know, sure. but it's so much more fun when it's shared. Yeah. And, you know, we all kind of benefit. So I love it. I'm in. I agree with you. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, the, the planning part is huge. Like, I, I nerd out on it. It's so funny because Everyone wants to skip it. Even when I show my leadership, hey, here are the three buckets that I've I found that we can really help people with. Yeah. Everyone's like, ah, skip planning. <laughs> Getting into skip the tactics it. and the action. <laughs> exactly. And what what's hard is that the planning is almost like relationship management where, oh man, you just, if you don't have that initial sit down or frequently talk about goals because they change. Sure. We all know they change all the time. Then you're missing a huge part of the relationship and you don't really know how to serve that client. You're not serving them the best way. Yep. And I, I can speak from experience. Actually, when I was working with Destiny, I lost an account and it ate me up because they had a very specific goal. And I said, and yeah, of course it was an ACOS goal. Mm-hmm. And I said in my head, this is the wrong goal for them. I was just being egotistical or whatever. I thought that I knew better. For, from my perspective, they needed to do something else. Sure. And I lost that account because I didn't focus on their goal. And, you know, that taught me a lot about working with clients and, and seeing that you might think that you know what's best for them, but you don't, your ads is such a tiny piece of these people's It's business. a small piece like, of the business. Yep. It's, uh, I don't know, like, just e-commerce speaking, just Amazon, uh, it's like two to 5%, you know, depending on your size, maybe 10% of your business. 
And so that was valuable. Um, I'll keep, I'll keep going through this list. We can nerd out on the other ones. Sounds How are we good. doing on time? Uh, we're good. Keep rolling. All right, cool. So the next one is, you know, we talked about planning the goals, the budgeting, the auditing, the strategy, the playbook, and then it's the activation. This is where you actually start go pushing buttons and building. And, um, this is, we start with research. Um, you know, research could fit in the planning phase, but so much research happens like the moment you're doing things. Um, and it's, it's such an active part. It's, it's, I don't know why I, I, I keep switching it back between planning and activation. Sure. Um, but research launching, taking that strategy and actually turning it from here's a PowerPoint deck or a word doc or a conversation and turning it into action, putting it live, right? That can, depending on your, your tech stack or how competent you are, this can be a day or this can be months. Um, so the launching phase, budget management, sure. huge. Manual optimizations, we, we kind of lump a lot of the, the manual maintenance that goes into account management under this. Yeah. And then leveraging automation and test and learns. Sure. These are all kind of our activation pillar. And again, depending on the tech stack, depending on the capabilities of your team, this can be something that happens in a few days. This can be something that happens over months. Um, but this is you can imagine that this is really the meaty portion of, of training is like, okay, you're going to do some bit ops. You're going to teach someone bit ops, how to do it manually. I always start with manual with any, with any optimization or, or anything, just because once you start leveraging automation, your job is now managing a machine sure. and managing automations. And how are you going to know how to go fix that automation if you can't go do it manually? So yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of how we And that, that's it. a key thing that I see too, is there's so many good tools out there, um, which makes our lives easier. But the downside with just jumping straight to the tools is understanding how they work and truly what they're trying to do. Um, yeah. Because for each of these tools, there's a key goal that comes into account. So if it's bid management, it may be trying to run to optimize to an ACOS target. But if you're establishing a ranking campaign and trying to own that spot, you may have a different goal than what the tools are doing. And so I love starting from the manual standpoint where all right, we want to understand what's going on here because um, the people who understand what the tools are doing best and then can pro provide like these manual supplements that go along with it. So, all right, I have my intuition. I know my products really well. I know what the tool's doing, but okay, you know, Christmas just came. I know conversion rates are going to drop off. I'm going to go in and manually cut these bids back because the software may not do it. You know, things like yeah. that. I, I, I think that's awesome to start on the manual side first. Understand how things work. So now when you're implementing the tools, you have a good understanding of what they're doing, what they're trying to drive to, and understanding that time when you can really supplement that with your intuition and find where the gaps are. Yes. It's, it's a big part of... You think about the manual work, like you and I, when we started, it was all manual. Yep. You know, once you figured out bulk files, even that is manual. You're still looking at every bid, basically, sure. right? You might, you might eventually create some formatting where you can kind of start grouping things and, and uh, create some macros or something like that. But it was still a very manual process. And so that, I, I think that time was really valuable for us to for have sure. all those time, whether it's in a campaign manager or in a bulk file or something like that. 
for people who are just given these tools and they don't even have to think about bid management, it's just like, here's my target, beep, hit it, don't yeah. mess it up. <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess the tools will just get better and better and they don't have to worry about that too much. Um, but like you said, I got a good story on this. So um, there, was a, there was a peak sales period. Um, we'll call it Prime Day. <laughs> sure. And it was, uh, I was working with this account and you know we had a, we had this technology and it was um i won't mention what it was but we had this technology that managed bids really well all year long sure. it had proven to us day in day out that it worked and then prime day comes and this brand that was really kicking butt had this killer promotion conversion rate spiked through the roof sure and that really confused the bid ops. Sure. It really confused the, confused the tool. And we ran hot. And, and so like I clocked out for the day at like, let's say 6 PM and the sales period was going to keep going. And I was like, Oh, we're good. We've made it. I was watching. It wasn't spiking. And then I come back the next day and the sale had ended, but the bid ops tool, this was pre day parting, intraday bidding. Yep. The bid ops tool was still at a super high bid and we burned through a lot of money with that at once that conversion rate had now not only gone back to its original kind of like resting place baseline it had sunk beneath that because it's in that post that post promo period where people are like oh i missed the sale yep (laughs) and i'm not gonna buy it and man, I had an uncomfortable conversation with that brand owner because I had failed them because I, I had, I had overtrusted the technology and walked away from my own manual, uh, intuition, sure. like you said, of, of knowing that, Ooh, that conversion rate's going to go up and the, uh, it's eventually going to sink. Yep. The bid's going to stay high. And anyway, it failed me. And I, I just think that when it comes to the manual optimizations, what I like to teach people to do is start by just writing down the workflows that you do to, to manage an account manually. That is checking your daily budgets. That might be bid ops, checking placements, check, you know, there's so many things to check these days. Just make a big checklist of it. Yeah. And, but write down the specific little actions that you took to get it back in line. And then now you've got a little, you've got a little case log, right? You've got a little log of what your automation needs to be. Sure. You can then convert that into automation. Now your job is to fine tune that automation. People just set their automations and forget them. The reality is the manual work is now looking at that automation and just tweaking it to perfection. Yep. And even then it's going to break. Yep. You just need to always be looking at it. So that's, that's how we think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it, again, it's just understanding what the tool is doing. And so, yeah, for cases like if it's a backwards looking bid optimization, yep. Great. When everything's stable, but then when you see spikes, you know, and we see the same thing with like black Friday time period or after Christmas time period, like if it's backwards looking, it can make the wrong moves. Um, and so it's just things like that, mm. understanding how the tool works, what scenarios it's built for when it works best. So then, you know, to intervene, um, I love that. And yeah, great example. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know, another one is like, we, I'll, I'll finish up the, uh, the whole learning track in a moment, but yeah. like you and I talk about DSP a lot. I mean, talk about the potential to burn the house down sure. with DSP. Sure. If you're not setting, it's just guardrails. Like, 
uh, we, I mentioned writing stuff down. That's big, but like really what you want in general, when it comes to automation or optimization is you want to have a ceiling and a floor. You want to have these guardrails and then you bring them in tighter and tighter and tighter until you hit that perfect place where it's got enough wiggle room to fluctuate with the market, fluctuate with the competitors, with the customer. Uh, and it's not so tight that you're like, you are over optimized into oblivion. You're on page five or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But like, um, that's kind of how I like to think about it. And to be honest, like I don't have, I, we haven't figured out the best way to teach it yet because whether you're using a rule-based optimization or someone's AI black box situation, it's like, yep. there's a lot of different ways to teach it and just teaching the manual stuff right away. And even some basic bulk file stuff. I don't know. I sound like an old person when I, when I talk <laughs> about this, but I, I think it's the real deal. I love um, that. Yeah. yeah. Well, walk us through, walk us through yeah. the final pillars. Reporting and analysis is the fi final one. And I, I break them out because I see this all the time. I see this all the time, especially on LinkedIn from all the, the ad gurus. You have reporting. Basic reporting, which is looking in the campaign manager or, or, you know, whatever you whatever you use to look at your account performance and just talking about ROAS or ACOS, right? Just talking about spend or sales, just talking about like individual metrics. Sure. I call that basic reporting, sure. looking at the numbers and then repeating them back. Now, that it's not that that's bad. Um, that that just is the foundation and teaching. That is kind of the first thing that we teach is, OK, how do you just go look at an account? And, um, a lot of it to start is period over period, sure. right? Like month over month, week over week, what did happen with ACOS, ROAS, sales, spend, like just go through your list of metrics, um, at the product level, at the, at the tag level or whatever, however you break out your campaigns. Um, analysis is kind of where the magic happens in my opinion. And I think this is another thing that you do well. Uh, analysis is when you start asking why you start poking holes in those numbers and you say, interesting, last week, uh, last week's spend was up, ROAS was down, this week spend was down, ROAS was up or something like that. Yep. I'm just making it up. Yep. And you start investigating why. And you start looking, you start, you just take two random metrics, smash them together and start asking why did this happen? Sure. And this one, this one takes time to teach. This is, this is like basic data science stuff, like being able to dig into a file and like really tear it up and make a good report. It's also being like a little inspector gadget and going and looking at, you know, there's everything in campaign manager, everything in the spreadsheet. And then there's what's happening on site. Sure. What's going on on Amazon? Go look through it. Right. And I think you got to get that basic reporting down, just work that muscle of, all right, look at trends, look at things that happen. Analysis is kind of where the magic happens. And I, and after analysis comes insights, right? You can provide an insight to your client, uh, provide them with an insight and provide them with a recommended action sure. that this is kind of like the magic piece. And without knowing the planning, the activation and the basic reporting, it's really hard to provide real insight, real analysis, real insights and real recommended actions. Yep. And that's where we're trying to get is teaching people these skills of identifying these patterns and trends, but then also, uh, 
make coming up with theories as to why they happened. And then if you have the time or if the customer is interested, testing and learning from there, right? And like kind of going and finding out, was that hypothesis true? Sure. Um, and I feel like that's kind of one of, if you're going to make it in ad management, I just think that that's kind of a keystone part of your job of like really thinking about that and nerding out about it. Like those things used to keep me up at night. Sure. Um, it used to drive destiny crazy when I worked with destiny. <laughs> She'd be like, why are you wasting time thinking about it? It was like, cause I need to know. Sure. I need to know, uh, what would happen if we just totally optimize an auto campaign into a perfect place, like all this sure, uh, or whatever. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of, and, and then the last bit of that, that reporting analysis is forecasting, sure. taking everything you've learned, forecasting into the future with budget, with bids, competitors, what's going on. It's kind of like restarts the cycle because what do you do when you forecast? You have to, you have to go ask them about their goals again and what's their budget or what should their budget be? And you kind of start the whole cycle over. So that's kind of how we think about it yeah. in summary, planning, activation, reporting and analysis. And then within there, there's buckets and within those buckets, there's, there's smaller buckets, but that's, that's it, man. I, I love the, the analysis side too. It's not focused on a single metric. It's looking at the bigger picture because everything that we do within advertising, there's trade-offs. So, yep, we could we could optimize a cost and make it look super good. But if I'm just focusing on branded terms, like the incrementality, like what, what am I truly doing? Um, yep, I can really drive sales, but my return on advertising might get really poor. And how is my breakdown? How much new to brand am I truly driving? All this good stuff, like where once you can take a step back and start tying together these pieces, I think that's kind of the next step um, with advertising. It's first learning how these integrate together, but then being able to take a step back and tie it back to those original business goals. Is my advertising truly doing what it should be? And to really paint that picture, there's a lot of different metrics and KPIs that you have to take into account. So I love, I love that perspective. Um, so Kyle, I mean, it sounds like a ton of stuff that you're putting together, like for people who are interested in getting this training or reaching out to you or, um, getting in contact, where should they go? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's kind of where I spend. I'm not really anywhere else on social. Um, hit me up on LinkedIn or email Kyle K at packview.com. And I will say on that last bit, like I I'm with you on the analysis thing being a huge, important piece. And if people want to, <clears throat> there's a really simple way to just start that process, whether it's within your own team or with you individually. And it's, I'm sure it's not new to anybody, but it's the, so what question you, if I say to you, Joe, our ROAS was a three sure. and you say, so what? then I immediately have to come up with that next level of analysis. And you just do that again and again, thinking of the goal sure. of the brand, of the client, right? And you will come to something more meaningful if you just ask so what enough. And that's, that's just something that we include in the training. But yeah, hit I me up that. on LinkedIn. Um, and we can talk about it. Yeah. yeah. We use the so what test quite a bit here, whether it's our marketing messages or the data analysis that we're doing. So I love that. So, all right. So for anybody listening, it's go, painfully simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go check out Kyle Kirkwood on LinkedIn. <laughs> Tons of great content. Kyle, we could have talked forever. There's, we'll have to have you back on the show. There's many other topics we could talk about. So yeah, appreciate you joining. Yeah. Um, this was surface level, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for everybody else, like listen to the Ed Project podcast. 
Really appreciate you listening. And as always, we'll see you on the next episode. 